Hello and welcome to Grace Life Sir Lowry's Pass. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. So good morning everyone. How are you today? Fine. Morning. So I want to ask you, who here, and you don't actually have to answer me, but who here is content with your prayers not being answered? Ask yourself, are you content with your prayers not being answered? And do you have prayers that have not been answered? Let's, like my, the message I have today, I have called it to stand strong. So, we all want our prayers answered, right? I mean, I for sure I do. I want all my prayers answered. But now when we pray within the will of God, we know that it is God's will to answer our prayers. And yet I have to admit that not every prayer that I have prayed within the will of God has been answered. So now, we, it says in Second Peter 1, 3, that his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. So why is it that I sometimes don't have it or seemingly don't have it? So if it is according to the knowledge that works in me, now, now I, we know that it's not God's fault, right? It's not God's fault when we... God, in other words, God is not withholding from us. God is more willing to give than we are able to receive because it is according to our faith. So, but in, the, in um, Habakkuk 2.4, Romans 1.17, Hebrews 10.38, all of those scriptures say, say that the just shall live by faith. So as God's children, we are supposed to live by faith. What does it mean to live by faith? What is faith? Faith is trusting God, believing God, and obeying God. And so that is, as God's children, we are supposed to live by trusting, believing, and obeying God. Amen? So how do I get that faith? Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So how we see how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing. So in other words, there has to be something for faith to be based on. If I don't hear anything, faith is not coming. So that means there is a base for the faith. And that something is the word of God. So the foundation for faith is the word of God. That means that if I don't hear the word of God, I have no foundation for my faith. Some people say, oh, please pray for me to have faith. That's not how faith comes. Faith comes by renewing our mind by faithful study of the word of God. Amen? So Amen. you can say, you can ask people, pray for me to believe, pray for me to have faith. It's not going to work. We have to renew our mind to the word of God because that is how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not hearing what the world says, it's hearing what God's word says. Amen? So in, in John 17, 17, it tells us that God's word is truth. Amen? So we want to know truth. Like, I want to ask, have you ever been questioned? Somebody maybe doubted you, questioned you, but you knew that you knew the truth. Now, what does it do to you when you know that you know the truth? It gives you conviction. You're not going to back down and, and give up or when you know, when you are fully persuaded of the truth, 
you will stand up because you know the truth. Amen? And that's how we are going to be strong. We will only be able to have that full conviction to stand up if we know the truth. And God's word is truth. So if we neglect this, we are really neglecting our own well-being. Amen? Amen. So now, so we understand that for there to be strong faith, we must first lay a strong foundation for our faith to be built upon. In other words, we need a good knowledge of the word of God, the word of truth. Amen? Otherwise, we'll be like the man in Matthew 7 who built upon sand, sinking sand. If we don't build on the word of God, Jesus is the rock. He is the word of God. That is the only safe place to build. We all go through life. We all experience storms. But if we build on sand, according to our own understanding, according to what we like, we don't like, when the storm comes, we are not going to be able to stand. Amen? So we need to lay a strong foundation for our faith in the word of God. Amen? And when you have that truth in you, you have conviction. So, in 2 Corinthians 13.5, it says, Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? This is now the New King James Version. Unless, unless indeed you are disqualified. So now, I just want to, to go back and mention about the foundation. You know, if you build a house, you must first lay a foundation. But what happens if that foundation is faulty? If it begins to smolder, to decay, what happens to the structure? It begins to develop cracks. You can tell that the foundation, when the walls begin to crack, the fault is in the foundation. So like in your life, if you begin to crumble, the fault is in your foundation. That means we need to constantly inspect our foundation. If we want to maintain a strong house, a strong life, we need to constantly inspect the foundation. And what is the foundation? The foundation is the basics. Some people, they have the, the idea, oh, tell me something new. I've heard that. I've been there, done that. Ah, ah, ah. That's very dangerous. That's very, you don't say, oh, I built that foundation 100 years ago. I've seen it. It's done. Ah, 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 ah. That's dangerous. You have to constantly inspect, constantly go back. And like we just said here in 2 Corinthians 15, 5, examine yourselves to see whether you be in the faith. Now, remember, I mean, realize, notice, it doesn't say whether you have faith. You don't examine whether you have faith. You have faith. According to Romans 12, 3, God has given to every man the measure of faith. The minute you were born again, God gave you a measure of his faith. Now, I, I don't know, but it's like the seed, right? If you have faith as a seed of a mustard, uh, as the size of a mustard seed, so maybe that measure of faith is that mustard seed worth. But what must it do now? It must develop. It can't stay a seed. Now it needs to be watered. It needs to be pruned. It needs to be cared for so that it can grow. Amen? Because, you know, when you read the Bible, you hear about dead faith. Without works, faith is dead. You hear about small faith. You hear about great faith. You hear about exceedingly growing faith. So that means that there are different once we get that seed, now it's up to us, what are we going to do with it? Are we going to just let it lie dormant in the ground? Like this morning, if you were here for Dream Team, Philip was saying, until the water comes and waters that seed, it's going to lie dormant. Nothing is going to happen. So are you watering your seed? Are you developing the measure of faith? It's not enough to say, well, God has given all of us the measure of faith. Yeah, he has, it's true, but what are you doing with it? Are you developing it? Are you watering it? Are you weeding it? What are the weeds? The doubts, the 
going according to your own understanding, according to your feelings, according to, I don't know, maybe you get fearful and you leave it. You know, whatever it is, those are weeds that need to be pulled out so you protect your seed. Amen? Amen. So now, for example, let's go back to see whether you're in faith. For example, I can have a car, and that car, the purpose of me having that car is to transport me to places where I need to go and be, right? But if I am not in the car, I have the car. You have faith. You have the faith of God. But if you're not in it, it's not going to move you. It's not going to bring you places that God intend for you to be. Because you're not in it. You're not exercising it. You're not learning how to use it. You're not practicing, so you're not moving forward. So now here it's told us, examine whether you are in. Are you in that faith? Are you using it? Amen? So it's up to us. Some people, they say, why didn't God? I prayed. God didn't answer. And you know, if you have that, that it's all on God, the enemy will use that ignorance to make you doubt God. He must not really love me. Oh, he must not care about me. Why didn't God? But uh -uh. it's not why didn't God, it's why didn't you? Why didn't you? Why didn't you lay a strong foundation? First of all, you got to hear before you can believe. What has God promised? What did he say? Like, you cannot go and tell somebody that I promised you a thousand rand. If I never told you I promise you a thousand, then what is that built on? There's nothing, there's no foundation for that kind of talk unless I specifically promise. But if I don't hear this, I won't know what God promised. Amen? Amen. So the word is important. You know that Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, and it's all about the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. It all comes back to the word. Whether we success, succeed or fail in life, it all comes back to our relationship with the word, because Jesus is the word. Amen? Amen. So, now let's look at Jude 1. I mean, there's only one chapter in the book of Jude, but so verse 3 says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. Thank you, Lord. Calm that situation out there in Jesus' name. So now Jude said, I exhort you. What does it mean to exhort? Exhort means to strongly encourage or urge someone to contend. Contend, that indicates there's some kind of struggle. There's some kind of battle. And for there to be a struggle or a battle, there must be opposition, right? And earnestly, now if I am really earnest, that means I really want it with all my heart. Like earnest, it indicates how interested are you? Like suddenly, oh, I don't even care. Well, if they don't even care, they're not very interested. But if you are, I will not give in and I will not give up, then you're really earnest. Because God said it, and I believe it. You have to have something to stand on, to have the conviction, the boldness, the full persuasion. You have to have the word from God to stand on. It can't just be a hope. It has to be a word from God. Amen? Amen. But when you have that word from God, then be earnest, content. Don't give up and don't give in. Because the enemy goes about as a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. What do you think he wants to devour first and foremost? Your faith in God. Amen? Amen. And if he can get you to doubt God, if you have an unanswered prayer, and if he can make you believe it's God's fault, that although God promised you all everything that pertains to life, he's not delivering. If the enemy can do that, then you begin to doubt his love. And you know faith comes... It, it says, um, faith works by love. So if he can make you doubt that God loves you, he can steal your faith. 
Don't let him. Amen? Amen. Stir up. Commit to memory. Let this be your daily bread. Job said, neither have I gone back from the commandment of your word. I have esteemed your word more than my necessary food. He said, if my day is so busy that I have to choose whether I have time to eat or get in the word, I'm going to get in the word. I can't be more important than my bodily, physical food. Amen? That's how we ought to treat the word. Utmost important, first and foremost. That is, if we want a successful life. We are told we are to be triumphant, overcoming, victorious. If we are not, let's examine ourselves, whether we are in the faith. Is our faith taking us places? Or is it just that we have it, but it's lying dormant like a seed in the ground? Only we can tell, right? Look at your fruit, therefore by their fruits you shall know them. Therefore by our fruits we will know ourselves. Where am I at? I can actually measure whether my faith has developed or not. Am I seeing the fruit of my faith? Is anything coming of it? You know, and it's a process. You know, Jesus said, first the blade, then the stalk, then the corn in the stalk. So we each have, that's another thing, we have to learn to operate within the the development, how far is our faith developed? Like for example, I don't think I wrote it in my note, but Romans 15, 13. I'm gonna read Romans 15, 13. And that says, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Now, if you feel challenged to believe for something and it just overwhelms you, it scares you, it causes you to get anxious, then you have stepped outside of your measure of faith. Because it says, believe, it says here, with all joy and peace in believing. God is the God of peace and of joy. Those are fruits of his spirit. So if you step outside of your peace, you have stepped outside of your measure of faith. Amen? Amen? So I'm not saying we shouldn't stretch our faith. Morning, Emily. Nice to see you. We should stretch our faith, but we should not leave the joy and the peace. The enemy would like to guilt trip us. You should be believing for that. Look what he believed for. What's wrong with you? Why are you not? Be but then you try to believe for the same, and all the peace and joy and everything leaves you. Yeah. No. It's progress. First the blade, then the stalk, then the corn in the stalk. We believe according to your faith, be it unto you. And remember, we are not copycats. Yeah. Just because Philip does something and has great faith for something, I can't just copy him. I have to be led by the Lord. I have to be personally led by the Holy Spirit. And if I don't find that peace, if I don't find that joy, then I have got to back up and stay within my measure of faith. But what do I do? Do I just say, no, well, I don't know, shame, I didn't get, God didn't give me. It's not God didn't give me. I did not develop that faith. So what I now do, I study, study, study. I learn, I grow, I study. And I exercise in the little things. And one day, I find, ah. I could believe for that. But what did I do? I went and laid a stronger foundation. Amen. Because you know when you lay a foundation, a building can only go up as high as the foundation will permit. So if you want, you cannot just have an architect draw a plan for, say you want a one-story house, and then come back to him a few years later, oh, I want you to make my one-story house a three-story house. <coughs> he may tell you no. I won't, I can't, because you only laid the foundation for a one story. I cannot do that. The foundation has to be laid to accommodate the building. So if you want a strong life, lay a strong foundation in the word of God. Amen? Because it's not automatic. It does not just come automatically. It's something that has to be built. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word. And yes. hearing by the word. How much word have you heard? Are you really hearing faithfully, diligently? Or do you go whenever you feel like? 
That's not good enough. It's not, not if you want to be a world conqueror and overcome or victorious, successful. It's got to be your daily food. Yes. Not only in church, not only in life groups, daily. daily You've yeah. got to have that, com that passion. You can't live without it. Yeah. I've got to have it. Amen. Amen? So earnestly, we, we now talked about why, why the need to exhort. He said, I exhort you earnestly to contend. Why exhort? Because the flesh is going to struggle against, you know, uh, oh, it's easier to give in and give up all this striving, all this studying, all this. I don't understand. Let me just enjoy life. Mm. Yeah? But I urge you. Yes. I urge you, don't give in and don't give up. Yes. Go for it. Yes. Amen? And earnestly, like you want it with all your heart. You are not going to take no for an answer. Amen? Because you know that you know that you know God promised it. You're doing your part. It's yours. So now you fight. Amen? Now you fight. You fight the good fight of faith. Amen. And if you do, what's going to happen? You're going to win. Yeah. Because Jesus already won. Yes. He won for you. Amen? It's already yours. And content, we talked about content. That means that you can expect a position because the enemy doesn't want you to have it. So content, struggle if you must to overcome. But overcome. overcome yeah. Don't just think it's going to be automatic. Yes. Don't let the devil steal from you. Yes. It will not be automatic, right? Now, I want to tell you something, but you don't copy me because you are not me. And if the Holy Spirit doesn't ask what he asked of me, of you, then you doing what I did is not going to work. But I want to say about six weeks ago, I was fooling, some of you know, but you haven't all heard. I was fooling around with a toothpick, not poking around, right? With a toothpick in my mouth. And one tooth basically fell out. Automatically, I jumped out of, this, out of my chair. I pushed that tooth back in. I said, no, you don't, in the name of Jesus. And then I began to jump, thank you, Jesus, praise you, Lord, hallelujah. Praise you, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Now, long story short, six weeks later, I still have my tooth. But, but, did I only do that initial thing? Some people say, oh, if you pray more than once, it's you're out of faith. Once God hears you. But I didn't pray. I commanded. Yes. Isaiah 45, 11 says, concerning the works of my hands, mm -hmm. command me. And it says in Genesis 2.27 that he formed man out of the dust of the earth. So my body is the work of his hands. But sad to say, my body sometimes behaves like a spoiled little brat. It gets out of line with the will of God. And I have got to tell it, get back here. So I speak to that truth. I say, truth, you're healed. Do not act up in the name of Jesus. And you know what? Initially, it was tender. I tried to just chew on the other. Now I can chew the, the lighter things, and I, it's no tender anymore. And mm. I am fighting for my tooth. Mm. You think, oh, such a big hype for just one tooth? No, 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 no. It is not a hype for one tooth. It is a hype for my faith, yeah. my full persuasion, yes. my confidence. Because if I believe that he's the God of all flesh, if I believe that he made all things, if I believe that I have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness, then I must have the faith for one small truth. At least in my walk, the, the level that I am at now, I believe yeah. and I am receiving. Yeah. Yeah. It is already 80% there. Amen. So, but you see, I have to contend I jumped, I shouted, no, you don't. I praise the Lord. And every day I speak to that too. Obey. Amen. You are healed. Amen. I, and, but you know what? The devil came in. What do you think you're doing? That's crazy. Who in the world? Look, and how old you are. Look at your age. That age. And you think you can just stuff a truth that's fallen out back up in. You're crazy. You see what the enemy was doing? 
He said, what do you think? Remember we spoke about this before? Think. He is trying to call me out of my relationship with Jesus into the mental arena where I begin to think, how could God do it? I begin to try to figure God out. How is it possible? And my common mind will never figure God out. So if I go into the think, I said, no, no. Because he said, you should go to the dentist. I said, no, Jesus Christ is my dentist. Yes. He's my all in all. And I dug out of that arena. I'm not going to, don't let him do, pull you yeah. into that mental arena so and tell you think. What are you doing? This is crazy. According to natural. Maybe it is, but according to the supernatural, it's a small thing. It's just a tooth. I'm not parting the Red Sea yet. I'm not raising the dead yet. But he gives us little battles along the way. And if we don't want to contend and fight for those, then how are we going to grow our faith? Right? But now, don't go if you have a tooth coming out. I'm not saying this is what you do. You have to keep the peace and the joy. The God of hope, peace, and joy in believing, right? Don't get outside of your measure of faith. Stay within your measure. Stay in the lane, but stretch. I'm stretching to not believe myself crazy, to really know that God is fully healing that tooth. And I'm chewing on it now. I wasn't. So I'm just saying, all things are possible to him that believes. But how? You know what? For years I've been studying the word. I've been laying a foundation for years. It's not something that I just out of the blue. It comes from my relationship with Jesus. He gives me confidence to believe him. Amen? Amen. But now, just to encourage us, I would like us to look at the faith of Abraham. Abraham is called the father of faith, right? And we read in Romans 4, 17 to 21. And there it says, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which be not as though they are who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was able also to perform. Now, I want to say this is the faith that Abraham arrived at. I want us to look at his life because we say, oh yeah, the father of faith for Abraham, it was so easy. But you know that even Abraham had to progress, learn, even his faith had to grow. And I want us to see that it was not automatic, but whatever he went through, he kept the faith. So like, for example, in Genesis 12, 1 through 7. So in verse 1 it says, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. So notice that God is giving Abraham something to obey. He has a plan for Abraham, but he cannot work it without Abraham's consent. So he gives Abraham something to do to position himself to prove his will and consent. You know when God asks you to do something, it is giving you an opportunity to position yourself, to prove that you are in agreement with his plan for your life. If you don't obey, do you think God is going to tell you the next thing? No. No. I mean, if you call your child, come, 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 I want to show you something. Come, 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 he never comes. Are you going to show him something? No, because he didn't come. So we have to take step by step as the Lord leads us, right? 
So, number two, verse two. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you should be a blessing. So God promises to make Abraham a great nation. That means multiplication. To get it, to be a great nation, you have to have someone to reproduce your family line, right? So he promises him a son. And God promises to bless him and that he shall be a blessing. You also, I also, we are blessed to be a blessing. God wants us to be channels that he can flow through, right? Now think about a garden hose. Say you have a faucet over here on the wall, but over there there are plants, there are trees that you cannot reach, they are not in touch with the source. You put that garden hose, and through the channel of the garden hose, it can reach and bless those that are far removed, right? So we are to be like that garden hose. But what happens? You finish watering, you turn it off, you lay it down, right? Next time, when you pick up the garden hose, what's going to happen? Water is going to spill in your feet. Why? Because the garden hose stayed full. So although the blessing is not just for us, if we will allow God to use us like that channel, we will stay full. We are not going to dry up and get kinked and brittle and what. No, we will, if we allow God to flow through us, we'll stay full. But if we do not allow anything to flow through us, we could dry up, we could get brittle, we could, could get kinked, right? So St. Francis of Assisi, he said, it is in giving you receive. So as you give forth, you are receiving. Amen? So in verse 3, we are now in chapter 12, Genesis 12, 3. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So the Lord said, I will curse, I will bless them that bless you and curse those that curse you. So like if we now despise or curse the channel, then, then we actually, we miss the blessing of God. Like we have men and women of God that God, the Lord brought into our lives. Are we blessing them? Are we encouraging them? Are we thankful for them? If we are, if we bless them, we are thankful, we will be blessed. Yeah. Amen? Amen? And But he said, I will curse them that curse you. Do you know that a curse is a solemn utterance, like you say something, but you really seriously mean it, right? And do you know that you can curse your own blessing? You make comments like, I don't believe that. That doesn't work. Uh, that's an abundance of nonsense. All of these kind of comments, we think they're innocent. But it's cursing your own blessing. When you speak like that, if you don't have something good to say, don't say anything at all. Don't say anything at all. Don't voice unbelief. Don't voice doubt. Don't voice fear. All of that gives room to the enemy. And it's the enemy that brings curses into our lives. So you know there's a, little, there's a children's song, Be careful, little mouth, what you say. Yeah. We will be wise to remind ourselves of that song. Amen? Amen. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. So verse 4. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed. So now, when God told him, I will make you a great nation, Abraham was 75 years old. Keep that in mind, all right? He was 75 years old. Verse 5. Then Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abraham passed through the land to the place of Sechem, as far as the Terebinth tree of Moray. I'm sorry, these names might not be said right. And the Canaanites were then in the land. Verse 7. 
Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your descendants, here he's again talking about descendants, right? I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And in all your families of the, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, Abraham had obeyed the first step that God had given him, right? So now he's ready and God is speaking to him again. So, Genesis 13, 14 through 16. Genesis 13, 14 through 16. And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him. If you know the, the story of Abraham and Lot, the land could not accommodate both of them, so Lot went his way and Abraham went the other way. And the Lord said, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southwest, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I will give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. This is now the third time that God speaks to Abraham about his descendants, right? Now we go to Genesis 15, 3. Genesis, oh no, sorry, 1. Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, said, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Verse 2. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is this Elisha of Damascus? Then Abraham said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. Now you see that? There is an inconsistency. God has repeatedly, in Genesis 12.2, Genesis 13, 15, and Genesis 12, 7. He has told him, I'm going to give you descendants. What is Abraham saying? I don't have it. I don't have it. Right? So now, it said we read in Romans 4, 17, calling things that be not as though they were. Abraham was not calling things that be not as though they were. He was calling things that were. Not the things that God had promised that were not. Amen? So, so basically he was telling God that he had not kept his promise. Now in verse 4, Genesis 15, 4, And behold, the, the Lord, word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but the one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Now in Genesis, like this is this one, remember? I'm going to get to that. I'll get to that later. Abraham, okay, 15, verse 5. Let's just go on to verse 5. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if you are able to number them. And he said, So shall your seed be. And then here, John, uh, Genesis 15, 6. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Now, it says here, Abraham believed in the Lord. What did he believe? In Galatians 3, 7 and 8, Galatians 3, 7 and 8, it says, Therefore know that only those who are of the faith of Abraham are of the faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So Abraham believed the gospel. He believed in righteousness through faith. He may not have known all about Jesus, but he believed in righteousness through faith. And that was counted unto him for righteousness. We also believe the gospel, right? We also believe in righteousness through faith, just like Abraham believed. Okay. But there's more. There's more than just believing the gospel and 
receiving our eternal life. There is more, right? Remember we said, 2 Peter 1.3 said, everything that pertains to life and godliness. So godliness, that means whatever pertains to life within the will of God, what is godly. Now, in Genesis 16, Sarah comes up with a plan to help God fulfill his promises, right? Sarah, it says in Sarah, so Sarah's in Genesis 16 too, Sarah said to Abraham, see how the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham heeded the voice of Sarah. Was this what the Lord told them to do? Whose idea was it? Sarah's idea. Sarah tried to help God out, right? But God said that my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. But now they followed Sarah's ways, right? And verse 16, Genesis 16, 16. And Abraham was 86, year old, 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael. So when first God spoke to Abraham in Genesis 12, 4 about a great, being a great nation, he was 75. Now he's 86. That is then 11 years later when Israel is born unto him, right? So now in Genesis 17.1, 17.1, it says, And Abraham was 99 years old, and the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am almighty God, work before me and be blameless. In the King James Version it says, and be perfect. So, but this word blameless, it can be, translated in different, with different ways, right? But now he's 99 years old. That's 13 years after Ishmael was born. That is now 11 years and 13 years is 24 years. That is now 24 years since God first told Abraham, I will make you a great nation, right? So now he says, and be perfect, be thou perfect. It doesn't mean in behavior, but God's faith was not yet perfected. He had Abraham's faith, I meant to say. He had some things to learn. So apparently Abraham, the father of faith, had to go through a process of learning. So we should not be surprised if we have to go through a process of learning. If we have to study, to show ourselves approved, we have to learn. Amen? So Abraham was not automatically strong. He arrived at being strong, yeah. right? So Genesis 17, 2. And I will make my covenant between me and you, and you will mult, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Yeah. So here God is repeating his promise to Abraham. God stayed faithful to his promise to Abraham all throughout. Amen. 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 And he will stay faithful to his promise to us all throughout. No matter what ups and downs and curves we take, he remains faithful. Amen? So Genesis 17, 3 through 5. And Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him and said, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. So now Abraham means father of a multitude. And in verse 15, Genesis 17:15, God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, I think you say it like that, your, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And Sarah means the queen of princes. So what is God doing? Why did he change their names? Because he is putting the right confession in their mouth. Your name is something you live by. You hear it, you say it, 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 right? Yes. So he's saying, I am. What God called him? He called him a, na a father of nations, right? He's now saying, I am the father of the multitude. I am the, every time he says Abraham, He's saying, I am the father of a multitude. I am. And Sarah, 
Every time she says Sarah, she says, I am the queen of princes. I am the queen of princes. God is now putting the right confession in their mouth. Amen? Amen. So now, um, yeah, because we know, okay. I just want to pause here and say there are two aspects to faith. You know from Romans 10, 9, and 10, it says that if you believe in your heart, and confess with your mouth. It doesn't stop at believing in your heart. It said already in chapter 15 that Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. We believe God and it's counted unto us for righteousness. But what else had to happen? He had to have the right confession in his mouth. We have to confess with our mouth. To lay hold. So that was faith comes by hearing, we receiving, we receive the faith by hearing, but we have to release it through our words and actions. Amen. So now we are gonna go to oh, sorry, it's Genesis twenty-one, verse five. Genesis 21, 5. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. What? Only one year later. And you have to calculate that Sarah had to be pregnant for nine months. So that means that within three months of getting the right confession in their mouths, the promise was fulfilled. So now what is our confession in our mouths? Yeah. I mean, when the enemy comes to you, lying you, lying to you, discouraging you, trying to steal your faith, you have to answer it. Amen. You have to speak forth the word of God. Amen. You can't just sit there. I could have sat there, oh my goodness, Lord, how could you make this happen to me? My tooth. And you know, I know. Had I gone to the dentist, he would poke around and find many more faults. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I reject the picture of myself in a dentist chair getting false teeth. I said, no, that truth is mine. I know without a shadow or without, God wants me to have it. I'm content, I'll be earnest, I'll fight. That's mine. And my body is like a naughty little child. It's not the only issue it tries to give me, but I say, no, get in line with the will of God. God said, who are you to speak to me like that? God said, but how can I do that? Because I know what God said. If I would not know what God said, I could not fight that fight. Amen? And how did I get? Because I built upon a rock, built upon, and I have by no means arrived. You compare me with others, my faith is little. You know, but I'm on a journey. I'm not saying this to say anything yeah, other than yeah. fight. We need to fight, need to fight. right? Yeah. Now, in closing, I just want Philip is pointing to the watch. <laughs> in closing, I just want to say, so Romans 4.17 says, calling things that be not as though they were. So we call things that have not yet manifested in this realm as though they already did, because faith knows. So we know it's there, so we call it. Like I call my tooth healed, because I know it is. Amen? And then in, in Psalm 91.2, David said, I will say of the Lord. Not just I will think, I will muse, I will ponder. I will say. Amen? And in Proverbs 18.21, death and life is in the tongue. What tongue? God's tongue, Satan's tongue? Your tongue. Your tongue. Death and life is in your tongue. How are you going to use it? Are you going to curse your blessing? Oh, I don't believe that. Oh, that could never happen to me. Oh, that's a bunch of nonsense. You're cursing your own life. You speak like that. It's like cursing your own life. Because you know what you speak? works for you or against you. Death and life is in your tongue. Use it for life. Amen? Amen. And then Mark 11, 23, whosoever shall say to this mountain, say to the problem, speak. Don't just think, don't just hope, speak. Speak the word of God. Amen? Amen. And 
Job 22:28 says, you will also declare a thing. Declare means to speak it forth. Declare a thing and it will be established. Amen? So now, if we are not content with our prayers being unanswered, whose fault is it? Is it God's fault? No. Our own fault. What can I do about it? Should I just say, well, I guess God didn't give me faith. I'll just give in and give up. Is that the action I should take? No. What should I do? I begin to lay a stronger foundation. The word I study to show myself approved unto God. This is truth. I put that in my foundation. I just study it. I read it. I believe it. If I find, oh my goodness, really? Jesus, you raised somebody from the dead? Uh, I'm not going to let that doubt. I said, Jesus, I believe it. So help me, God, in the name of Like the man, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Amen? I would like to ask, are there any questions? One thing I just want to make clear. We do not go according to each other's faith. You know, we do not go. If I just planted a seed and just a little seedling has come up, I cannot expect to go and pick a fruit off of that. I have to give it time to develop, to grow, and I must look after it. I must water it. Yes. I must water it. I must read the doubts, the fears, the unbelief, all of that. I said, no, you don't. Go. The Word says. And then if I don't know what the Word says, what do I do? I study. I said, no. What does your word say about that? And you know, you know, a root, like it says, the, the godly man should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. But what does a root look like? It has many, many little roots that go out in different directions, right? So like, maybe I have a strong root going this way, but if I don't know about this, let me find out and my roots can grow stronger in that way as well. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Solaris Pass area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.ca.